Ain't nobody listening to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I got the looks that drive the girls wild. I got the moves that really move them. I wish Nash was here. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is the Junto. Uh, today it is going to be over the book "The Nature Fix" by Florence Williams. Uh, if this is your first Junto and you have no idea what this is, this is essentially a deep dive book review. We pick a book, read it for the month, and we then talk about it. And by we, I mean me. Normally, there's another guy named Nash. He's not here today. He is in Las Vegas with his girlfriend because for some reason that's more important than a book club. And we have David here with us as well. Hey guys, how you doing? We're doing fantastic. Okay, so Glad to hear it. first off, uh, let's let's just jump right in. Normally, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over a couple, uh, basically just some some ahas or some things that we. Um, stuck out to us, things we liked, maybe things we didn't like. Um, and that's essentially the format. So without further ado, here is The Nature Fix by Florence Williams. So I just want to be clear from the top of the show. Yeah. We're probably going to talk about this for 45 to 60 minutes, right? Maybe. That's the deal, right? We got to come up with content. Correct. Don't let me talking about this for an hour fool anybody into thinking that I enjoyed any bit of this book whatsoever <laughs> because I hated it. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't hate it as much. Um, you hated it very, very quickly. I didn't hate it as fast. And then I got about three quarters of the way through. And um, then I really started to hate it because it was essentially the same thing over and over and over again. I think if this book was half the length. Ooh, that's a stretch. How about a magazine article? <laughs> All right, maybe. I feel like it could go maybe a quarter. I think it could, if it was like a 50-page book, maybe with some pictures. Yes. One of your listeners recommended this, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, listener out there in podcast world, I'm curious to know if you've ever read any other book ever. <laughs> please write in let us know because uh, your bar is set at a very strange place your first uh, her first name is jessica uh and i'm not she's not my sister so <laughs> um yeah all right so essentially this book says that you should go outside mm-hmm. and that it's good for you the end and that's kind of it. That could have been the book. Yeah, it could have been. And I really didn't want it to be like essentially just go outside more. Um, but I mean, it kind of is. Now, I will say there was a lot of stuff, a lot of studies. I was surprised at how many like 
scholars and like peer reviewed articles and doctors uh, there are that are actually all over the world that are looking into this and doing all these studies. So to that, I, I mean, I, I didn't know that was a thing um, that they're taking it that serious. Uh, but it does make sense. I mean, at the very beginning, it kind of hops in and she goes to J- uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she goes to Japan and then she talks about Korea. Well, Korea makes sense. They have one of, or Japan. Is it Japan or Korea? Japan has the highest suicide rate uh, that among was, like professionals. That, that was Japan. Okay. Yep. So then, it, and essentially they're like, so they're trying to basically do anything to try and figure out how they can relieve the stress. The amount of hours they work is insane. Their right. professional lives are just, it's essentially that's all they have. And so the government is even creating these nature walks in these parks and like trying to encourage and I mean, they're like paying for bus rides there so that the businessmen can literally take it like take a break in the day, jump on a bus, go to the park, meditate, do whatever, get out of there so they can like try to relieve stress and then come back just to try to keep them from killing themselves, (laughs) (laughs) which is, I mean, that's insane. It's, it's, I mean, that's awesome. And I think it's kind of cool. And it, and by all intents and purposes, it does seem to, to work. And so then it just gets deeper and deeper into like, why is it working? What is it about being Mm -hmm. outside that helps? What does it work? So, I mean, I think there's some really fascinating stuff about it, but yes, it is. It's exhilarating. About 250 pages and about 200 too long. It is so good that her other book, Breasts, (laughs) A Natural and Unnatural History, seems like something I would be pretty interested in. I don't even want to read that. I like breasts. They are pretty fun. And I don't want to read that book. Yeah. So I think, you know... uh, I did highlight some things. Uh, I, I knew I'd have to come up with something. So correct. Um, you know, one of my favorite facts was right at the beginning of the page. As an Android user, and always having to defend myself, <laughs> right here I got some facts coming at you. iPhone users spend half an hour more per day on their phones. So because it's, it's so much better, guys. It's just sucking you into this trap. And um, if you want the joy, if you want to get out and enjoy the world and, uh, you know, not just be a sheep, come over. Come on over to the Android team, guys. No, no I'm not going to um, do that. There's science that backs it up. So I enjoyed that. That was it's pretty scientifically cool. Scientifically, that Androids suck that much more <clears throat> that people just can't stand being on them. So, Stephen, I got one for you. Um, being much more Jesus-y than I am. Um, Christian, for sure. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I thought was pretty cool, it talked about primates um, evolving more in places. Um, so places that had venomous snakes, the primates had better vision than yeah. primates that evolved in places that didn't have venomous snakes. Yeah. Really cool. That is Really, insane. really cool. Um, but I just you know wanted to get your input on evolution here on the podcast and... Your, your thoughts on that? Uh, I do believe in pretty in, cool fact, though, right? I mean, yeah, isn't yeah, that yeah. amazing, right? Oh yeah, it's it's. I've always been. I think it's really cool that, like anything like animals and how we evolve and how we adapt to our world, and I think that 
I just, then that's kind of the problem I have too. And we'll probably get into it a little later, but like, I, yes, I think it's a really cool fact. Uh, my thought on evolution is I believe in God. So I don't, I think it was an intelligent design. I do think that animals evolve throughout. I don't necessarily believe that I evolved from a monkey, but I definitely believe that. Have you looked in a mirror? That's also true. Very true point. Yes. Okay. Just checking. But you know, damn it. Right. <laughs> You're right. Um, but I think that what I don't get is, okay, so we're evolving and I guess it's maybe it's millions of years that made their eyesight better, but the, like, how, why are we not evolving? Like we've been inside more and more and more. So I guess our, like our kids, like 15 more generations and then we'll be like badasses. Just, we can't be outside. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I, I think we have, right? So, I mean, I would say a few things. One, to my knowledge, we've been around a pretty short amount of time, right? Um, but, I mean, we have changed quite a bit, haven't we? Don't we have a lot less hair than we used to? Don't we have some parts of our body that don't really work anymore, right? Sure. So, I mean, I, I think we have. So, if we have, like, and that's what she gets into all this stuff, like, I mean, like addiction and stress and depression and anxiety, and yet like the cure for some of this seems to be just get the hell outside, get outside and get away from all the crap. And I think that that's, that's what I mean by like, why? So why is it? I wonder if there's ever going to be a point where it's like getting outside actually causes more stress. Mm. Like, well, I mean, she did talk about a little bit like with the example she had um, early in the book, she was in, I think Korea and her interpreter was really out of shape. And they went and walked this mountain. And so they took their vitals before and after. And he's like, the doctor's basically like, you need to work out more because that was not good for you. <laughs> this walk did not help. No, you are actually way more stressed. And she's like, yeah, I'm freaking dying over here. The interpreter. So, so I think we see, I mean, you see a lot more allergy problems these days, right? Yeah. A lot more people. You do. So, I mean, you know, maybe that is because people are moving inside a little bit more. I, th I definitely think so. Once again, this is two idiots that don't know what they're talking about, making yeah. guesses. And this is scientific are, fact, ladies and gentlemen. Sir, we are not idiots. We're on a podcast. That is correct. There is a microphone in my face. That means we know a lot. So I did think it was cool that they, to, to your point, we're inside more and more. We're getting away from nature compared to history. And we've got some solutions for that, right? So we saw some ideas of how to incorporate it in the offices, in our homes to help bring that inside and, yeah. and help with our overall health, um, which I thought was neat. And one of those was essential oils, which I think you and I both thought we've talked about this, that very hokey pokey, right? Just oh, dude, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I used to make fun of my, one of my employees would bring in essential oils all the time. She'd put her little infuser down and she would ever, and I'm just like, I called it hocus pocus juice. That's what I called it. And I just ragged her for bringing these on. And then even Renee brings, I'm like, what are we doing? Aren't you a nurse? Like, what is this? And then we get to this and I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> Science. Damn it. Ah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it showed that, you know, there, there are studies that back this up that these different, fragrances or oils actually have different types of chemical reactions in our body and, and can bring out the, the help with the anxiety or the energy or the focus. Um, and I yeah. think you shared a story with me, right? About yeah, yeah, yeah. some days at your office, right? Dude. Yes. Yeah. So it talks about like 
so I was trying to see which one. There was one that was like a tree, like a s- cider, not a cider. That's a drink. Uh, Big either fan way, of cider. It's good stuff. Cypress. I was so close. Samsonite. So way off. All right. So with the, the cypress trees, it's like literally there's these things called NK cells, which fight like they basically kill cancer and like all these other crazy stuff that you're, that's in your body naturally. And it, these essential oils have shown that they're having like significant increases in these NK production. Like their body creates more of them. They get healthier. It helps fight all this stuff. And they're saying that, you know, we, this could be a really big answer. And it's, I mean, there's like all these peer reviewed journal articles about how essential oils are real and I'm, which blew me away. So my story with my team is she would start bringing them in and it was like peppermint and some other one. And every time she put it on, no kidding, like five in a row, we would sell like, we'd have like a record sales day that day. It just a monster day. And I, they sold three policies, everybody. Three policies. Yes. Well, and then we sold four at one time. So that's where I was like, okay, well, hold on. All right. So. You know, then it just kind of became a joke where if it was at the end of the month, we weren't hitting our numbers, we were behind a week or something. She's like, I'm going to put, I'm turning on the essential oils. And I'm like, okay, whatever, do that. And then we would crush it again. And then I was like, God dang it. What the hell is going on? And so I told her, I finally was like, look, I will buy another infuser. Just keep bringing in the oil because I don't know what the hell is happening, but it's working. And she's like, I'm telling you it's real. And I'm like, no, it's not real, but I'll take the placebo effect. you believe it. Absolutely. I've got a, uh, I've got a team member that uses them in, in her office and I was actually looking at them today and, um, she said, you got to go to Ross. You can get like eight little vials for nine bucks. And she said, that's like what one of them is at target. So, well, and then I said that to Renee, I was like, we need this Cypress one. Cause apparently it kills cancer and, and uh, brings in sales and brings in, sales. well, no, the peppermint I think is what oh, okay. revitalized them. I think that was the cell one, but she did say that you have to be careful because some of them, some of the cheaper ones aren't as clean. And so they have chemicals or they have stuff in them that aren't really supposed to be in them, I guess. I don't know. That sounds like something Ross would sell. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. So this I is actually lemon pledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually detergent and a little bit of bleach. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, so yeah, I think that's pretty incredible. You know, the, and the fact that you could, so I don't know, <laughs> man, this is difficult. So one of the ones that, that kind of hit me, and it's a little bit before, it's still kind of in the beginning. Um, for those of you following along. <laughs> Are you still awake? Page 25. Um, it talked about, we suffer consequences, a long trail of research dating back to the 1930s shows people who produce chronically high cortisol levels and high blood pressure are more prone to heart disease, metabolic disease, dementia, depression, and cortisol is like the stress hormone, right? So that's Mm -hmm. what's your body. And they've done a lot of studies with military. If you've done deployments or you've done like really hard training crap, uh, like ranger school, stuff like that, they've, they've shown that like, I mean, we even had a brief when we came back, I think it was ranger school. And they basically said, look, you've been, you've had extremely high cortisol levels for like two or three months because your body's under so much stress, depending on how long you've been here. You're not eating, you're not sleeping. So I think it was a chaplain or somebody there like, look, when you go home, you haven't seen those, especially if those of you that are married, like you, your wife hasn't seen you in a long time. She's probably going to want to have sex with you. 
and it's okay if you don't want to have sex because cortisol like crushes your sex drive. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, don't freak out if for like the first few days or even a week, you're just not feeling it. And you just, you're, cause you're tired, you're whatever, but those cortisol levels, it's going to take a minute for them to level off. And I, I always thought that that kind of, I thought it was crazy. They're like, you, even though you haven't seen your wife in like three months, don't freak out or don't think something's wrong with you because you're just like, yeah, I don't want to, I just want to go to bed. Did you ask him if it was also natural that you had become attracted to men at that point? No, I, we all know that's natural. Oh, okay. Duh. Okay. And I don't believe we self-identify anymore. Genders. Oh, sorry. Thank you. My bad. They, they, them, they, them, they, them. So, so, um, so hold on. So hold on. So more recent research shows that steady stress of urban living changes the brain in ways that can increase our odds of schizophrenia, anxiety, and mood disorders. So what I thought about is the, I'm not going to get into like vaccines and I don't, I don't really I'm not against vaccines at all. It's the... Just the microchip is just the problem, the, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Russian microchip, I'm not a big fan of. Um, but the increase in like ADHD, how it seems that right. that's... Whether that, okay, is this being just... Are we is it just because we know about it now? Or is it... Are we truly having kids with a lot more? But the scarier one is autism. Mm -hmm. Because spin it however you want, the rate of children, the the percentage of children born with some form of autism is... A lot higher. I don't know the numbers again. We're not scientists, but it's a lot higher than it was back in like the 70s, 80s, kids born then versus the 2000s. And that almost makes you wonder like what, you know, if, if this amount can can truly alter your brain chemistry and your the hormones in your body, is that affecting our younger generations or our kids and who, you know, when we're making babies? It's just... And also, could it be that simple of an answer to help kind of prevent some of this stuff is getting your kids outside, getting, you know, being outside a little bit more, having a healthier relationship with nature as it fixes you. So from the CDC, in 1970, the rate of autism was 1 in 10,000. And as of 2016, it was 1 in 54. Jesus, what? The hell? It's quite an increase. Good God. Yeah, man, that's scary. And I think we've seen, uh, I mean, obviously some of our viewers may disagree with this, but um, the uh, anti-vaxxers aren't quite as crazy as they were just a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, so, I think, I agree. I think there's something, right. there's something wrong. I, I don't know that it's necessarily all like vaccines and stuff, I, but I do believe, man, you hear some arguments now and it's like, Okay. I mean, I met, I had an employee that did, um, she doesn't work for me anymore, but she did delayed vaccinations. She still believed in vaccinations, but she was like, she had to leave work one day. Cause she's like, Oh, I gotta get my kids vaccinated. So they go to kindergarten. And I was like, what? And she's like, well, I just, and I'm not against them. I just delayed them because it's the same dose. It's the same dose you would give an adult that's never been vaccinated. And you're giving it to a newborn baby. They don't change the dose. There's blah, blah, blah. There's all this stuff. And she's like, so I just wanted to give my kids and their brains a little bit, right. just a few years to develop. And one was, I think her daughters were like two and four or something. And then they, that's when they started. And I was like, yeah, oh, all right. Well, that kind of makes sense. I guess I don't, I don't know enough to be able to argue that. I didn't think that was crazy. None of us do. No, we don't. But I mean, I, didn't, I was like, and she right, doesn't work for Steven anymore because she actually died of polio. <laughs> <laughs> her kids got smallpox. So I had to. Quarantiner <laughs> before quarantining was cool. 
<laughs> Always been a pioneer. Yep. So, uh, you know, speaking of Japan, one of the uh, scientists there who is the chairman of one of the medicinal groups that was working on this stuff, he had some very specific guidelines that he recommended to people. And, and one of them was, if you're going to travel, do not go to a city. You need to go out into nature. You need to be, uh, it's, it's at least spend one week in a month in a park, in a garden, but getting out in nature and um, make sure that it, it's a regular occurrence. You know, he, he had a specific recommendation of at least one week in a month is, is very good for your health. Yeah. So one of them was, um, so one of the studies where they had a, uh, talking about those NK cells. So took out a bunch of middle-aged Tokyo businessmen in the woods in 2008 for three days. They spent a couple of hours each morning hiking. By the end, blood tests showed their natural killer cells, which are the NKs, had increased 40%. Moreover, the boost lasted seven days. A month later, their NK, NK count, which are the killer cells, was still 15% higher than when they started. So that's just three days in a month. And then it kind of goes into breaking it down. Like not everybody can spend three straight days in the woods every single month. Right. But still you think about like taking your family hiking or camping yeah. for a three day weekend. If you did that, I mean, good Lord. It's yeah. like, if you do that every other month, mm-hmm. was this also the group that had the 50% increase in creativity? Cause mm-hmm. that, that was another one of the trips that, the, and they studied yeah. creativity specifically and they were out I in nature. Was in Tokyo, or uh, Korea. Okay. They, they spent a couple days. I don't know if it was one weekend, but they saw a 50% bump in creativity levels, which I thought really relates to, you know, most people out there in the working world, like in a lot of our jobs, we, we really need that, right? We've got to think outside the box. We've got to come up with things. Um, and, and that was pretty, a 50% increase is, is big. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think, um, it just kind of like when I was reading that, I was thinking like, how can I get my employees outside? <laughs> but, but like I live in like my office is a parking lot. So it's like, I don't know if that would work, but we do have a park nearby. Maybe like once a week we could do like lunch, like a picnic lunch out there and just get them to like make them sit by the cypress trees and breathe really heavily. Stephen Barber is talking about picnic lunches, guys. <laughs> we've we've we've, hey. we've come a long way. Hey, anything. This guy is no longer a primate. Ladies to and produce <laughs> the sales, bring in the peppermint and the picnic lunches. Yeah, hell yeah, we're gonna put vaporizer shit all over us. While we're at it, we can do group vaccines in the park. Depends on what kind of vaccine. <laughs> we may hold off on the COVID one for a minute. We did talk about this, though, in the book. So bringing in plants, right? Bringing in um, pictures of nature. Yeah. Some of these items that do make a difference with your mental capacity of like, what are you looking at? What are you around? Um, so some of us are obviously trapped in cities. Uh, you know, here in DFW, we have concrete everywhere. Um but we can make small changes, the essential oils, the, the pictures on the wall, windows, plants. Uh, there's a lot that we can be active about that will make a difference. And that, that can help out a lot of people who might feel like they're, they don't really have options. Or maybe you're overweight or older. Or you can't really get out and go hiking, right? Um, but you can make small changes. You can do a walk. I mean, you can – I don't even think you have to – I think that's something that has to be, even now, like I love hiking and I love like strenuous hikes, but sometimes like we go hiking with the kids, we're going hiking or camping 
and we're right next to a parking lot, close by the truck. It's safe. We're not out in the middle of nowhere. And we're, we're hiking on a very flat trail around a lake here in Texas, which is, you know, we don't even have hills. So at least North Texas. So it's like, there's walks and stuff you can do that are semi, um, full of nature. Maybe they're not quite mm-hmm. super thick woods or whatever, but you can get out and about. I think some people are like, oh, I can't walk. I have bad knees. It's like, dude, you can walk a quarter mile. Yeah. Really slow. I'm not saying you have to run it and you don't have to climb a mountain. You can walk, you can just go walk, walk, walk down to a little, little pond or lake and have a picnic. sit and have a picnic. <laughs> you know, you're talking about that walk being, you know, next to a street or next to a parking lot reminds me of the chapter and I probably didn't highlight anything in there, but on the noise pollution. Oh man. That was that interesting. Was super mind blowing. Right. That was really interesting on how much these noises that we probably don't even register anymore truly mess with our bodies. Yes. That, that was wild. And, and uh, especially here in DFW, I mean, we've got planes going overhead nonstop. So we don't get away from that. But when you have those moments where you are out in nature, like truly away, uh, you know, Steve and I were in Wyoming earlier this week and together. Yes. It's glorious. Slept in the same bed in a beautiful cabin, but you can truly get silence out there. And that's when you realize it like, Oh dear God, I don't get this. No. Right. I don't ever get this. It's so quiet. So we, I was thinking about this before, so we just moved, and um, we're finally here in this house now. Uh, but where we lived before, the back of the house backed up to a, uh, the backyard backed into a main street, a very busy street. And I don't think I ever noticed how busy and loud it was until I started coming out here to paint the house, and I was getting stuff ready. And so I'd stand outside and just like drink a beer and take a break, and it's just incredibly quiet out here. Or you have like the cicadas and like the like. Um, Crickets. Thank you. Crickets. So you hear like the natural sounds of, of bugs. And I'm, I mean, it just struck me like, I just don't hear that. I haven't heard that in so long. Cause we live mm-hmm. in, we lived in suburbia, suburbia. So, and then there's, I went home and was laying in bed and it was just insane to me. Like all of a sudden I just noticed every car going by cause it was just so much louder. And I couldn't, I, I, after, and then I read, then I think like two days later, I read all this about the sound and I was like, God dang it. Like, it kind of made me excited about moving out here and kind of getting away from all yeah. the street noise because it is, it's insane. I mean, she, when she talked about, I'm trying to find it. When she talked about the decibels, right? like how loud, I mean, like some of the decibels like in her that she recorded in her, she lives in Washington, DC or near it. Um, were actually like ear damaging decibels Yep. and their kids, she's like, my kids are outside playing and it's literally like one decibel higher to like to do actual damage to their ears. She's like, it was, she couldn't believe it. And it's just, but you don't ever know these things. Yeah. You get completely, but then they did studies though, that your body doesn't ignore it. You're just, your brain does like, you don't pay attention to it, but your body's still reacting to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Real quick before, cause you said the phone thing and I just saw this cause I had it underlined. It said, (laughs) they're talking about phones and just technology towards the beginning of the book, but they did say 30%, 36% of people check their cell phones while having sex. Yeah, those statistics blew my <laughs> mind. I mean, first of all, you can't go 25 seconds without looking at your phone. I can <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't. Uh, yeah, dude, I don't... For real, though. I mean, 
three out of 10? 36% of people? Yeah, it's almost four out of 10 people having sex. On their phone during sex. They just check it. At I least mean, check their phone. serious like, issues. You, your sex really sucks <laughs> if you're sitting there checking your phone while having sex. Yeah. That is... A, Need a new partner. Or, or you got a major addiction problem. Um, yeah. not, not to sex, but Unfortunately. to your cell phone. Well, it said 70, well, I can kind of get this one though. 70% of people sleep with their phones. I could see like, I guess you fall asleep with it, looking at it or something. Kind of like when people think about like our parents, I kind of have this weird theory that's probably incredibly wrong. Not probably it is, but that our kids, people are like, oh, our kids are not the teenagers, but like mine and your age kids. So Lillian's eight and she's oldest of all of our kids. You're seven and my two. So, Mormon, um, when you think about it, I think like, I think their generation won't care about phones near as much. I think our, it's going to be like, uh, we are like our parents with TVs. So like when the TV came out, it was a new technology. It was the big thing. Everybody ate around their TV. They put a TV in every damn room in the house. And now like our generation is cutting the cord from cable Right. More and more, like you don't go, you don't see a bunch of TVs in people's rooms anymore. It's starting to kind of doing like it's just not as big a deal because you grew up your entire life with the TV. It's not a big deal, and I think our kids will just be by the time they're our age, they'll just be like, yeah, I mean, if phone's important, it's it's useful, but I think they'll have better self control than we will than we are because we, I mean, we were the, I mean, iPhone was came yeah, out when I, I mean, was what. I think a freshman in college, something like that. Like it it was the pinnacle. It's us. We are the uh, trial group, but I, I don't know. Um, It's an interesting theory. It's my hope really. But at the same time, you also become so dependent on these things. I mean, it is becoming part of us, you Mm -hmm. know? So yeah, yeah. uh, I don't know. Time will tell, but I, I think it's funny when you see those pictures of, uh, you know, people obviously complain all the time of how we're antisocial, we're addicted to our phones. Mm-hmm. And you see the picture of all the, all the kids looking down at their phones and they put it side by side with a whole train or bus full of passengers from the forties or fifties. And that literally every single one of them has their face in the newspaper, mm-hmm. right? Like, exactly. There's no damn difference. No, you there's know? not. We, Except ours is way better. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're playing or more captivating. Yeah, exactly. We're That's playing just a like game video games. Looking you know? at Instagram. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a, it's a sign of the times and I'm not one of those doomsday people. You know, you've got your group of people out there that think the world's going to hell and everything just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. But anyone that's studied history knows that that's very, very far from the truth. These, these things have been happening forever. They just happen in different ways. Right. So yeah, I, I'm not a doomsdayer when it comes to the phones, but it is nice for some kids to get outside and, uh, and play. Right. Yeah. And, And we need more of that. So, uh, something that was very weird and interesting is, uh, she starts talking about colors. So based on literature, literature and sensory perception, Volchanov's app gives blue the highest score of all predators tend to be green or blue. Like the color of their body. So basically I think it's talking about like the colors, um, that like calms us down and what we like, like your favorite color, essentially mm-hmm. kind of what that kind of says about you, but they're breaking it down into like ecosystems, healthy ecosystems full of plants, green, 
Clearwater says biophilia proponents would argue we've learned to associate these colors with life-giving healthy ecosystems full of plants. So we're like, we're drawn to these colors for a reason. Hmm. Like, why do we like green? Why do we like, why do so many people like blue? Like there's our favorite colors. So they're saying like full plant, full of plants is green, clean water's blue, an expan- an expansive reflection of the sky. Like people, and I actually did randomly got in a conversation with some adults at a, it was like an icebreaker thing at a networking deal. It was like four or five of us. And we started talking about like, what's your favorite color? And then we started trying to figure out why that's your favorite color. Like what in your history and so we were like, well, mine's green. And I'm like, well, maybe it's because green and orange. Well, orange, but I did like orange even before I went to Oklahoma State. And then I'm like, well, I don't know. My favorite Ninja Turtle is Michelangelo. He was oh, green and orange. And they go. were like, there you go. Boom. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then this dude's from Hawaii. And he's like, I've always loved like a certain color blue. And he's like, and he kind of started. He's like, I mean, I guess like kind of like the blue, like the dark blue that you see at in Hawaii of the mm-hmm. ocean. And he's like, that just... I don't know. I just it was always there. And we're like, well, that's probably because you're a kid and you, that was just calming. And that's just something that was there. And you wanted to go to the beach. And who doesn't like the beach? You are a horrible kids. Alabama fan. Grew up liking orange. Yeah. I don't know why. I just you, liked orange. You got issues. And I like blue and orange together. It made me throw up. Mm. So I got one that I would like for everyone to pay attention to. Cause I'm a huge believer in this and it, is so cringeworthy these days when I hear this in interviews or with new employees. But let me just read you this, and then I'll talk about it. Our brains are prone to mistakes, especially when we're multitasking and dodging distractions. There are so many people out there that still want to tell you how great of a multitasker they are Mm. and how they love doing it. And there are study after study after study that proves multitasking is not a thing. You're right. just being very below average in a lot of things at the same time. Like no one's good at multitasking. You're sucking at what you do. Focus your attention, get your job done, and then move on to something else. Stop trying to multitask people. It's backed up by science. So I've had a guy actually try to tell me he was talking to a group of people and he tried to make, he was trying to give a good, his main point was really good. He was trying to say like overcome, use like what you think or other people perceive as your as a weakness to your advantage. He's very dyslexic. So that was his main point. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And how he's learned to like, he's adapted. And it's made him learn to like listen and learn from listening more. Not he can't, cause he can't read very well. It takes him forever, even as an adult, cause he's just so severely dyslexic. So he's learned like that and that's great. And then he's like, I'm also really ADHD. So I've, so I'm really good at multitasking. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, the fuck? I am also very ADHD and that's not how it works at all. I think you're confused. Sir. Yeah. I think you're, I think, I think you, you're churching up. I think you read that wrong. <laughs> I think you're being, you churched up being distracted by a thousand things easily that is not multitasking. That means usually, I'm good at focusing on all these things going on. Yeah, no, me. you're not. You're focusing on one tenth of them. Uh, like, no, that's not how that works. But yeah, that just made me think of it because I agree with you. It's I used to fight that. I used to think that that was a thing as when I was growing up. But I thought I could be. I was good at it, and then I started realizing, like, man, I I really kind of dropped the ball on this, this one, and this one. I need to do. And really, where I learned to stop doing it a little bit more was when I started waiting tables. So I waited a lot of tables 
and I thought I could multitask and keep all these things. And then I was like, I need to like take their order and go put it in and take care of them before, you know, at the most I stuck, what I would do is like, okay, I can get your drink order while I'm, I, I got their food order. Hey, what do you want to drink? I'm Steven. I'm your waiter, blah, blah, but I wouldn't do anything else. I would just be like, okay, I'll be right back. And that's it because I started, I was making mistakes. I made so many mistakes trying to like do so much crap at once. I started figuring out like, I can't, I just got to stop doing this. I should take more care of one table, go back, do that, go to the next one. Did you gravitate towards waiting tables because you enjoy talking to people so much or did you get good at talking to people because you waited tables? I think I got much better at talking to people because I waited tables mm-hmm. because I was really, I was very uncomfortable. I used to be a lot more uncomfortable. Um, I've always been a talker. I've always been good at making friends relatively quickly, but you put me in a room like that with people I don't know. And I'm not like with my, like a big group of friends that I do know, man, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. May, I got, I was way more shy. And, and so that job helped you with a, that a ton Yeah, because you have to, you just, there's no, I mean, you have to, you have to go talk to them. You have to introduce yourself. You have to like create some kind of rapport very quickly. Now I was never the waiter that like over talked because that guy drives me insane mm-hmm. where he's like, so t- I had it. There was a dude that trained me. He would sit down at their table no, 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 and no, introduce no. him. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. So uh, what's your favorite color? Oh shit, man. It was that bad. Where did you wait tables? Uh, there was, there's a place in Grapevine that used to be there. It's out of, it's out of business. That was the first one. It was called Saltwater Willie's. And then I waited a table, a terrible restaurant called Marshall Dillon Steakhouse in Oklahoma state. And then another random steakhouse up in Oklahoma state. I don't even remember what it was called. Man. That was the shortest one. Three restaurants. You're a bit of a pro. And then I did, I would come back in the summers. And then when he, when I graduated college, while I was waiting on trying to find a job, I went back to Saltwater Willie's cause I knew the managers. And so they would just let me pick up shifts whenever I wanted. Um, but it was fun. I mean, it's, it's, I like, even to this day, people that have waited a lot of tables for like, I'll look for that in resumes because that and bartenders, because yep. they just have to pick to stuff up on so fast and they're just really good at being neutral yep. and waiting till they figure out what kind of personality you are. are. You Republican, are you liberal, are you whatever? And just making very short, small talk, but in a way that makes you feel comfortable and makes you kind of like them. And and the good ones don't even know they're doing it. They just do it. Yeah. So I think it's great. That's the whole goal, right? Get them to like you. Yep. And then they will give you their money. Oh, yeah, dude. Which actually is a great segue into my next point, which was Windex. Damn, we're good. Windex. Okay. Changes your behavior. Really? So they, I may have they not have read showed this part. that... When you walked into a room that had just recently been cleaned with Windex, you had a much greater willingness to volunteer or donate money to a cause. So, so I'm infusing Windex into I was my. About to say, you, your <laughs> eyes look like mine when I read that. Is you know this helps? This is just we're helping with COVID. But we're wiping down every damn desk. Oh, hell yeah. As soon as someone leaves, so we're going to have, have to spray you down with brand Windex. new fresh Windex every time you come into my office. <laughs> I'm going to mm, make them wear a mask. It smells clean in here. And I'm going to soak it with Windex so they Does have to put it on. smell like chloroform? <laughs> uh, you know what? I just, I will buy that policy. 
You may, can we make it a bigger one? Pretty interesting, right? Yeah, so, that's, that's, you know, you mix that with the colors that are warm and trusting. You have the right essential oil going. You put the Windex down. Dude, I mean, I'm just going to open your wallet. Just take my money, sir. Mm-hmm. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Learned so much from that. I love this book, guys. Great I'm gonna sales read it book. I'm going to read it's it again. It's a great sales book. Great sales book. That's the probably the exact opposite of everything <laughs> this author is about. You could tell that she just oozed liberalism. I could just feel it coming out of her. One thing I I, I think, don't know if I you think it was a mix between liberalism and hippie. Okay, a, so pretty hippie vibe. What I picked up on, did you pick up a victim mentality? How many times did she say, "Oh, I tried this, it just didn't work for me." This just what it wasn't for me. I I did it. I went to exercise and I was so stressed. Like everything didn't work for her. And over time, I'm just like, she's kind of complaining about everything that she did. No, I started to really not like the author. I don't know. I, did, I didn't. Um, I picked up on a major victim mentality there. I don't like this girl. <laughs> and I don't like her book about breasts. I'm just not a fan of Florence. She's shitting all over Florence right now. Uh, and I mean... Flow is probably what she goes by. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, not a fan. So I did think it was kind of interesting too when she started kind of comparing other cultures or other countries. So obviously she started in Japan, Korea, then she talks about us a little bit. Uh, and by us, I mean Americans. America. And then she, she talks about my other, most of where my family's from, which is Scotland. And... Um, just the shithole that they're in (laughs) (laughs) and how like just jacked up that place is, but then also the fins. And so the fins were the ones that were, they were killing it, right? Yes. Cause they're always outside. Like everything they do is outside. So some of the statistics were, uh, according to large surveys, average fin engages in nature based recreation two to three times per week. That's the average 58% of fins go berry picking. Well, shit, if I had berries to pick, I'd pick them too. When's the last time you went berry picking? Uh, actually, right before we left, I have a blackberry bush that I grew in my backyard, my old house. Good and I picked Lord. a lot of those blackberries because I like blackberries. And it's it finally, it took forever to grow them. I don't think you can say blackberry. Sorry. Berry picking. There you go. All right, 35% in cross-country skiing. Uh, often arc- in Arctic darkness under lights in large city parks, 70% hike regularly compared to the European and American average of about 30%. 50% of fins ride bikes, 20% jog, 30% walk a dog. And I particularly like this one. That's her words, not mine. 5% of the population. So around 250,000 people partake in long distance ice skating. Yeah. That's kind of badass. Did it surprise you that 25% of Americans regularly hiked? Yeah, I didn't think it was that many. That seemed high. That does seem really high. Seems very high. That must be a very broad definition of hiking. Yeah. Like I was like, so do you walk around your neighborhood? I walked walked down to Panera for lunch the other day for my office. So you went hiking yesterday. Yes. uh Mark that down. Yeah. That seems really high because we are fat and lazy. Oh, God. Amen. So, and I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Oh, I understand why we're fat and fat. Okay. I don't understand why we are, our food is proportions and all that stuff. But I, I do think, 
I just don't understand why people don't go like like hiking as much and don't partake in hiking. And I, I have over the last like three years, I've gotten a lot more into camping. I like tent camping a lot. And it's amazing to me over time, how many people are like, when we, me and my wife are like, yeah, we went and camped at the lake or whatever. And they're like, you what you camped in a tent. We're like, yeah. How many nights? I mean, just one. The entire night? Were there bears? Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> Fucking five-year-old. They're not. There's no bears. I mean, dude, it just it like blows some people's minds. Like, what did you do? I don't think it's surprising. I mean, we've moved more and more into the cities. And I actually think it was probably shared in this book on how much of the population lives in the city now. So we're continuing more than ever before. Yeah. I mean, we're getting away from nature. We've got so much more technology. We're working more. I mean, there's, there are so many things in front of us that cause us to be kind of pulled away and you've got to be really intentional about getting out. Yes, you do. And I'll tell you, I have, I've driven that way. I think because of kids hanging out with people like you, but I mean, for the first welcome. Yeah, thank you. I mean, and I, I mean that. Mm-hmm. Um, the first eight years I was in Dallas, we were living in the middle of the city. Never even crossed our minds to go hiking. I wouldn't even know where to go. You know, if we were going to go do something, we were going to walk around uptown and go to a restaurant or a bar. Um, we would go see a movie or do something. You go to Top Golf, right? I mean, right, right. not even go to a real golf course and walk around on some grass. I mean, you go to a pretty much a parking garage and <laughs> hit golf balls, right? So for a shitload of money, you know, it just, it, um, there are so many other things out there. You've really got to be intentional these days about getting out and doing things like that. You know, you, you definitely have to be intentional as far as planning. Um, and yeah, if you're going to now camping is different, but I, I did. I was still kind of amazed at just how like, like apprehensive people were at the idea of camping, and they're like, "Oh, I can never do that." And I'm like, "I mean, I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, just buy a tent." But you, you do Says have to the prepare. Army Ranger. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I get that. That background's a little different than the average. Correct. Person. But you don't. You can YouTube it. You just go to Walmart <laughs> and buy a Coleman tent for like fifty bucks. Sleep in it. Boom! You went camping. But yeah, I, I get that. Like, there's After more comfortable you told ways. Me the story about the gigantic spider in your tent last time you went. I don't know. It doesn't sound that great. You should absolutely camp more in the colder winter. In the colder, <laughs> down in the south, we have learned when you have little kids, you camp when it's cold outside. If it gets cold at night, you it's better because there's way less bugs and they don't freak out as much. Um, little kids and adults. Well, yeah. <laughs> some adults <laughs> yes dude that was so bad it was such a creepy spider too <sighs> speaking of uh cool camping stories so steven and i were in uh, jackson hole a few days ago and sleeping he, in the same bed he took us into this bar this famous bar and they have a yeah. he said it was famous guys but they had a, it's a lot different than a, what i remembered it as a kid don't say that it was cool they had a grizzly bear in there Oh shit! Yeah, standing up inside a glass case and it had a really cool plaque underneath it. And it told the story of the bear. It's from the early 1900s, right? Yeah, uh, it was close to yeah, like 1920s, something like that. So, uh, family was out camping and a, a grizzly bear. I mean, now this wasn't a huge grizzly bear; it was a pretty young one, it looked like. But um, a grizzly bear came upon these people and, uh, and attacked them. And this dude 
killed the grizzly bear with his bare hands, got this guy in a headlock, and then bit his carotid artery yep. <laughs> and held the bear until he bled out. Yeah, he shoved his arm down his throat. Because <laughs> I'm assuming he tried to bite him. He pushed his arm down his throat and then bit his carotid <laughs> artery and, and laid and just sat there and held it until he bled out. What a dude. Dude, that is such a man. What How, a dude. I mean, Why do they have a statue of that guy in the bar? Gender politics aside, <laughs> there ain't no way that anybody could look at it. I feel like even Kamala would be like, yeah, okay, that's a man. All right. <laughs> Fuck it. That, that, one, that one's a man. You don't kill a, a bear with your bare hands and your teeth. The biting. The, dude. The, the bite. That's that, badass. That's cool. If. I am now going to go camping <laughs> looking in Wyoming for a bear. <laughs> <laughs> looking for a bear. Steven just has a slab of meat I'm around his neck. I'm going to my children as bait so I can try and beat that guy's record. <laughs> I'm not even going to use my hands. I'm just going to use my teeth. I'll be the first. So uh, what else you got here? I got about one other point to kind of i'd say end on but yeah uh, I, I don't have much more to go i just think that um damn it there it was Let's see if i can flip through the pages slower silence we can just edit this right mm, yeah we'll shorten it do you want me to sing again while you look no, for... No, no. Please don't. Man, I just... I think that really my final thing that I kind of got through was we touched it on it. We've kind of mentioned it a few times where this definitely did... The, the thing that I got out of it the most was um, kind of... It made me think about the workplace, so I'm about to move to another building. And so just thinking about, like, furniture, I'm not a big... I don't... I don't interior decorate at all what um yeah i know it's wow. very shocking very <laughs> shocking man um okay. i don't know what's on the that's walls that's renee, strange i think in our old house renee put like 14 different pictures and some other stuff on these like big stuff on the walls i didn't she she didn't tell me she wanted to just see how long it would take me to notice i think it was like a month and a half later i was like hey is that sign new and she's like jesus it's been it's been six weeks and all of that is new. And I was like, oh, oh my God, look at all that. But like, even like, I don't think I'd have stuff in my walls in my office if my employees didn't make me start hanging stuff up. Cause I'm like, what's, I don't care. What's the point? I don't look at these walls. But this did make me think like, okay, if I'm going to be like, I want my producers, salespeople, like I kind of want them to have a window now. If they can, mm-hmm. if I can put them in an yep. office with a window, maybe that'll help. Um, putting, um, if I have TVs or if I have um, like pictures of nature pictures, of, cause she goes fairly deep and there's some studies that just looking at a picture of nature doesn't nearly have the effects that like being outside and all that, but it does help with stress. It helps with creativity, helps with just kind of mind and brain function overall. So it, I, I mean, that really did kind of give me pause and say, all right, well, yeah. may, I mean, why not? There, I should, there I should are small think about things this. we can do that yeah. will make a difference. It could help. They could help us sell more, right? And clean those with Windex every day. Every day. The the thing I liked, and I guess kind of uh, 
an action item uh, to give people a goal or some hope is, you know, they had, there is no hope. uh, There is always hope, man. There is always (laughs) hope. Keep your chin up five hours a month. Five hours a month is a good baseline for you to just get outside. And that might be a 30 minute walk every once in a while, but to lower your stress level and to prevent you from going into those lulls that you feel and having those days where you're, you're out of energy, you're just not feeling it five hours a month, be intentional about getting outside and doing something and being active. Um, and and that's, that's the starting point that you should shoot for. And then I, I think the more that you do that, and I've seen this with hiking, obviously, you know, we do that with our families together is the more you do it, the more you enjoy it. And then like, yeah. it's the gateway to, to camping. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to get a co sprinter van and go travel Hell. the world and live out of a vet. So, you know, Hell like yes, we are. the more you do these things, the more you want these things and you start to realize the joy that it's bringing and the, the stress that it's helping with. Um, but five hours a month, I think that's a great smart starting point. So, yeah, I think I thought that was really interesting. Um, and it kind of reminds me of working out when I have uh, people that don't work out and they start to get into it. And at first it's, you, again, you got to be con- intentional. You have to make time. You don't just, there isn't, right. they say, well, I don't have time. Like, well, no shit. You have to make the time. Correct. So you make the time to do it. And then all of a sudden, like if they stick with it and then the habit starts to form, then they start feeling better. Then all of a sudden they're like, man, I didn't work out yesterday. And I felt really like I anxious. Like I want to go work. Like, I kind of feel like I'm addicted to going and working out. And I'm like, yes. yes. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the team. Because it, it's like that. And then you you do. You want to go. You're like, how can I get more of this longer? Mm-hmm. So like, and, and for me, like the thing that I've been, I still didn't do it this year. Now it's really hot. So maybe I'll figure out a, somewhere to go. But I really want to go camping by myself for just like a night. Like I've, I've yeah. talked to guys who have done it and they're just like, man, it is. And it talks about meditation in the book. Talks about just being in your own, being very silent and, and by yourself. And she talks about going hike. Like she liked to walk by herself and think and blah, blah, blah. So that is something I really want to do. And I think that I, I think it's great. I think there's nothing wrong with going outside and spending time by yourself, get away from your, I mean, God knows if you have little kids, you know what I'm talking about. I love my children so much and I, I just want to see them all the time and have them on. <laughs> well, Good for you. Um, I know your children, and there's no way that's possible. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. My cousin had a baby a few months ago, and um, I shouldn't say a few months. I think I talked to him at like month four. He's like, I haven't been, uh, haven't been back to the office yet. And I said, Whoa, what the hell do you mean? You've been back to the office? He's like, well, I can't imagine missing anything. Like, <laughs> I mean, he he kind of like smiled at me the other day, and like, I just. I just can't imagine missing any of that. And, and he goes, but I mean, you, you obviously, you have four kids, you know what I'm talking about. And I, I looked, I'm like, I have no idea no. what you're talking about. Mm. So that's, you're that's, a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> is wrong with you. Are you shitting me? Uh, no, no, I, I can, dude, I, uh, no, I couldn't. I'm going to go camping by myself. <laughs> I want to go camping by myself. That's what they're, oh, that's a great segue. Real quick, we've got like four minutes to kill. Like Father's Day, I've heard people talk about this before, like how different it is from Mother's Day. But for Father's Day, we can never have what we want truly as a father. Because for Father's Day, 
I want to be away from all of you. I was going to say no children, no children. <laughs> just like, uh, can I go fishing by myself all day? Well, no, no, you can't. I, we want to spend time with you. No, I think they get it. My, my wife did say, she's like, if you want to like go somewhere and like have alone time, she, she totally got it. Yeah. Did you do it? No, <laughs> I, I, you can't. No, exactly. Right? Like, you can't. That's a trap. And but, you, you and, saw through it. Yeah. And, but at the same time, like I, I did want to, you know, I, I wanted to spend family time and do it. But at the same time, you're like, but there's also a big part of me. It just wants silence and relaxation and just a day to do nothing. Yeah. Maybe if I just didn't have monkeys crawling all over me, <laughs> that would be great. But you, I mean, you miss it too. Cause I've been gone. I was in Mexico then we went to Wyoming and I came back and like the kids were just like, I sat down and so they'd already had their mom for like three days by themselves. And then I came home and sat down and they were just like magnets. Like they oh, just yeah. kind of stuck to me and then, and they weren't saying anything. They didn't even talk to me. They were just, they like on one you. just sat on top of me and then one just like snuggled in and they were all just watching TV. And it just kind of hit me. Like I was getting hot. So I was a little frustrated. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh yeah, it has been a while. I just, I just, it just kind of hit me. I'm like, damn. But, but yeah, it's just funny, it is which great, is cool. Which it is, is the greatest feeling in the world, though, when you you walk in and maybe you've been at work all day or you've been out of town and like they are just over the moon. Oh yeah, to see you, right? And it's it, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. Wives, we do love our children. We love you too. I definitely love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, my kids are great. I just beat them a lot. So just to to go back to what I said, um, we just talked about this book for about an hour. Book still sucks. Yes. Yeah. This one actually, you, you would be better off just listening to the podcast and just not reading the book, even though it's an hour or just go outside guys, put the podcast on your, uh, your earbuds and, uh, go for a walk for five hours a month. Yes. Uh huh. Do it for yeah. five hours. A so month. just put this on loop and uh, go for some God, walks. That's terrible. All right, guys. Uh, that's all we got. That is uh, The Nature Fix by Flo Williams. <laughs> Good old Flo. And um, we, not the greatest. This is the first book. I was actually kind of excited to do this because we didn't like it. Every Mm-mm. Junto we've done so far, we lo- like we always really like the book. It's always about how great the book is. So, not the greatest book on the planet. Thanks, is Jessica. Some very interesting stuff in it, just not a book worth of stuff. So, um, kind of beat the dead horse over and over and over again. Uh, but other than that, go outside, spend five hours, love your kids, love those kids, be your better kids, fathers, not other people's. Oh yeah, that's also a very good point. Yeah. Um, and bye. Bye. End it, drop it, send it. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.